Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a mission for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F. is in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Friday, January 29th, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 3, More About Alcoholism, on page 33. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that starts on the bottom of page 33 with to be gravely affected and ends on the top of page 34 with get them to see it. Today's readers are Laureen D, Jason S, Tenzin P, Matt JF, and Carmela G. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, January 28th, 2021, are 16,289 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 16289, and 16,290 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 16290. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maureen D. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Maureen D., a recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Laureen D. from Washington State. I will now ask Jason S., read the OA 12 tradition. Thanks, Rebecca. Jason S., uh, also reader from Macomb, Alberta, Canada. 12 traditions of all readers anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to do service and I pass. Thank you, Jason S. from Alberta, Canada. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one 
to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph on page 33 with to be gravely affected through Get Them to See It. I will now ask Pens and P to read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca and everyone. Pens and P checking in from New York. Um, okay. To, and may my share be helpful to others, and may all of our shares today be helpful to others. Okay, that wasn't the paragraph. Okay, here's the paragraph. To be gravely affected, one does not necessarily have to drink a long time, nor take the quantities some of us have. This is particularly true of women. Potential female alcoholics often turn into the real thing and are gone beyond recall in a few years. Certain drinkers, who would be greatly insulted if called alcoholics, are astonished at their inability to stop. We, who are familiar with the symptoms, see large numbers of potential alcoholics among young people everywhere but try to get them to see it. And then there's an asterisk, um, and the asterisk at the bottom of the page uh, about young people. Uh, it was true when this book was first published, but a 2003 US-Canada membership survey showed that about one-fifth of AAs were 30 and under. Okay, there's so much in this paragraph um, about women, about young people, although there'll be more about young people in the next paragraph. And, um, and uh, the first sentence about, about how long or what quantities and what our patterns have been. So, and some of that refers to what we just read about the man with the carpet slippers who stopped for a long time. And, um, you know, I see a lot of what we've been talking about recently in the, par in the chapter as about all the different ways that our symptoms can look and the different types of rationalizations that, or, or, let's say, you know, deluded understandings that many of us can have when we're, or that I've had when I've been trying to understand, you know, how can I work with this painful situation I have with food? Um, so I never was able to stop for a long time. Um, I, uh, when I, a long time ago, when I could go on diets, I would reach whatever the goal weight is, and the next day I would be rewarding myself with something that I've come to understand is an addictive food for me, and I'd be back up to wherever I started in terms of my weight and more. And then in, then in program uh, two, when I had food plans, it would be very confusing to me. It took quite a long time of working uh, working with sponsors and working through the steps to 
come to some uh, clarity and be able to have a, an entire abstinence and not take on the, the foods that were triggering of my addiction. Then, then when it talks about this is particularly true of women, that's, that's interesting. I'm not sure what the science is about that, um, but I know that for me, I have a great sensitivity to my addictive foods. And um, when I, uh, not, not drinking alcohol as part of my food plan uh, because, because of the sugar, um, uh, but um, when I used to drink not very much, I would, I would get high just the way I do with food very quickly. It, there's a high for me with food too. So um, yeah, but I'm still not sure what the science is about women as opposed to men, or it might be just that I have a small body size or whatever about my makeup uh, physically, mentally. Uh, sir, then uh, let's see, large numbers of potential alcoholics among young people. Well, in a certain way, when I read that, while I didn't come into a program until I was in my mid-30s, I've been young in another way, in the sense of naive, uh, stubborn, needing to do it my own way. Uh, sorry if, if that's an insult to young, but uh, I've been young in that way for a really long time. And I'm so grateful to be recovering and growing up in this program, it is most important centerpiece of my life. And I think with that, I'm going to stop. And I so look forward to hearing what everyone else has to share. Thank you, Tenzin P. from New York City. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you haven't shared on an, a Vision for You meeting on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the third paragraph on page 33 to be gravely affected through Get Them to See It, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Betty um, W. Rebecca, Rebecca, I'm sorry. It's Tenzin. I don't seem to be able to mute for some reason. <laughs> I don't Lisa know. Lisa B. How are you? Wait one second. Tenton, you may have to hang up and dial back in if you can't mute. Oh, okay. Lisa P. Thank you. Okay. Sharon B. W. But I'm, I'm so sorry. I was so distracted. I didn't hear anybody but Betty W. Can we try again? Brenda Sharon. A. I heard a Brenda. Yes, Brenda Sharon. A. Did Lisa B. I think I heard a Sharon and Reba P. Vanessa N. Was it Vanessa? Yes. Cynthia N. C. Cynthia C. Lisa B. Lisa B. Miriam Rifka H. Miriam Rifka H. Okay, I got a lot of people here already, so let me just tell you who I have. I have Betty W., Brenda A., Sharon. Reva P, Vanessa N, Cynthia C, Lisa B, and Miriam Rifka, I think it's H. Um, if you try to get in at the very beginning and I didn't catch your name, I'll, I'll take your name now. Otherwise, we'll go for the next group. 
Okay. So Betty W., go right ahead. Hi, this is Betty W. Can you hear me? Yes, we do, Betty W. Okay, okay, great. Thank you. Well, thank you for leading. And um, this is Betty W., a compulsive eater and food addict from central New York. And uh, this paragraph reminds me of step one because it reminds me of my powerlessness with the disease of compulsive eating. You know, I... I thought I was the real thing uh, after I entered OA because I could identify with those wonderful people who shared their experience with me with food at my first meeting. And I really believe that uh, I was a compulsive eater in vitro because from early on, I lo- as a, a, a young, young child, I loved sugar and I loved anything that was made with white flour. I could never get enough of it. And as I got older, I was, as this paragraph says, astonished at the the inability to stop whenever I picked those things up. And, you know, I I didn't younger think it was the sugar and flour. I just knew I couldn't stop eating. But when I came into OA, uh, I learned um, that there were certain foods like sugar and flour of any kind and some combinations of food for me that I can't eat. And yet I tried that experiment over and over again because I kept being astonished, as this paragraph says, or surprised that I, didn't, I couldn't stop. I blamed it on myself. I didn't realize I was powerless until I accepted the fact that I needed a power higher than myself, God, which I call God. Uh, I realized um, then that there was no hope for me to stop the disease. But I can't arrest it if I increase, I can't arrest it. God can help me arrest it if I increase my spiritual life and I work my program every 24 hours. Uh, as, as other people have said, as if my life depended upon it. So I'm so grateful that this meeting is here today and there were so many people on the meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Betty W. Good morning, and thank you all for your service. This is Brenda A. in New York, gratefully recovered and abstinent by the grace of God. Uh, This paragraph touched me, as most of them do. I tried to come to an OA meeting when I was 30, but what held me back was shame. I would not accept that I had an illness or a problem. Well, 40 years later, as the disease progressed, I realized that it had gotten hold of me and that it had gotten worse every single year. You know, my disease lurked in the background for my entire life. I was never terribly overweight. My biggest crisis was when I had gained 30 pounds. And, of course, diet after diet never worked. And what I came to understand was that I do have a disease. I have an allergy of the body and a twist of the mind. And my feeling is, as a woman, I I just think 
maybe we were taught to fight harder. I know in my generation we were to be comparable to men. So again, I don't know about the science, but I do know that I wasn't insulted if someone would have called me a food addict. I was ashamed. I was full of shame and guilt and resentment and fear. And thanks to this extraordinary program, I have given away my character defects, and I continue to do that day by day because my goal is to be recovered, to stay recovered, so I can follow God's will and take this message to all who still suffer. Thank you so much for being here, for your support and your love, and have a wonderful, serene day. I pass. Thank you, Brenda A. from New York. And I forgot to mention that Betty W. was from central New York. And Sharon, you're next. I did get your name right. Good morning. Yes, you did. My, name, my initial is B as in brother. My name is Sharon B. from Brooklyn. Brooklyn in the house. Um with 315 miraculous days of abstinence. Um, This is one of my favorite paragraphs. So grateful for it. First sentence, obvious. To be gravely affected. One does not necessarily have to drink a long time. Nor take the quantities some of us have. Well, I'm... I'm a triple winner. I'm in three different fellowships. And certainly, when it came to the alcohol, the quantities were never, never uh, what one would suspect is alcoholic. But when I was blessed to come into Overeaters Anonymous for the first time, May 22nd, 1981. I was in my early 20s. And I was 160 pounds. And some people said, not a compulsive overeater. You're pleasantly plump. (laughs) They used those terms on women in their 20s. They had the nerve. I'm only kidding. But here... Here's the thing. I would come home and I would open up a container of whatever in one sitting. And it wasn't what it was doing to me metabolically. It was what it was affecting in my brain, in my spirit, how I felt about myself. I always felt less than. I always felt that God didn't deserve me and I didn't deserve God. I always felt like I was at the barrel of the heap. And and today, that's just not accurate. Today, I'm a precious child of God. Today, I work the tools, I work the steps, I work with people, and most importantly, when all else fails, I work with God. 
I work with my higher power every day, every moment of every day, like my life depends on it, because it does. My life depends on doing those still small things. I'm so grateful for this platform. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon D. from Brooklyn. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. This paragraph for me it talks about other groups or ages of people coming into AA back in the in the day. But what strikes me is that first sentence um, to be gravely affected, and gravely is you know cause for alarm or really serious. And it reminds me about either identifying in or identifying out. I'm too young. I'm too old. I haven't gained that much weight. I haven't gained any weight. I've lost weight and I'm anorexic. Um, I have a great career. I'm this, I'm that. Like all the reasons why I don't belong here. And it says, we who are familiar with the symptoms, if I have the physical allergy and the mental twist, I qualify. And it doesn't matter how much weight I've gained or lost. It doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter my gender. It doesn't matter what race. This disease is an equal opportunity disease, and recovery is available to all of us equal opportunity people. Um, and then the other thing that struck me, which I don't think is the intention of the paragraph, but you know, familiar with the symptoms and being gravely affected in abstinence, in recovery, I don't need a lot of resentment to need the program and have to work my buns off in 10, 11, and 12. I don't need um, a lot of fear. It can just be something small. And a lot of times I'll be doing a step 10 and sharing with somebody and I'll say, you know, this is really sort of little, but I guess I'll do a step 10. And there are no small, there are no small issues because a little bit of food, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of selfishness, it just grows and grows and grows, and that's part of my disease. So if I am familiar with the symptoms, I know what I need to do, and this is telling me what I need to do. Um, so there's always an excuse to identify out or not work a step 10 or not do this and that and the other thing. Um, yeah, but if I'm familiar with it, then there's never an excuse not to. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva P. Uh, next speaker is Vanessa N. But Vanessa, before you go, I'll just let people who got on the line late know that we're sharing on the third paragraph on page 33 to be gravely affected through Get Them to See It. Vanessa N. Hi, this is Vanessa N., gratefully recovering compulsive overeater in California. May I be heard? I muted already, Vanessa N., but yes, you may be heard. And, Thank you so uh, much. I forgot to say Reva P. from Toronto. <laughs> Vanessa N., where did you say you're from? I'm from California, and it's N, uh, N as in Nancy. Gotcha. Thank you very Thank much. You. Go right ahead. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you, everybody, for doing service on this line and for everybody that's here. Um, I am 
by the grace of God on day 31 of abstinence today, which feels really big because yesterday was day 30, um, and and that's a milestone. Um, yeah, recognizing, you know, this, this paragraph talks about, you know, kind of that surprise of like the inability to stop eating and recognizing the progressiveness of that over the years um, has been really remarkable. And I'm so grateful that I finally was able to admit that I really need help with this and that I came to this program and I, I'm in, as somebody said before, I'm also a triple winner. This is my third fellowship. And I was guided, you know, I'd prayed about it and I was guided directly to a vision for you. I have not been in any other OA programs. I came directly here and I am so grateful that I did. The amount of recovery that is available on this line that I get to listen to every single day. Um, just the beauty of the fellowship here, the wonderful people I get to speak to every day, my sponsor who is such a gift to me and is just guiding me so beautifully through these 12 steps. Um, and I am on step four, which will be completed shortly, has been such a gift. And studying the big book one paragraph at a time in this way um, I have never studied it like this. I have studied it, but not like this. And it's just completely life-changing. And every single day I recognize new and different things that just remind me that I belong here. I need this program and I cannot do it without every single one of you. So thank you so much for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vanessa N. from California. Cynthia C. Thank you so much for your service, Rebecca. Thank you, everybody who makes this meeting happen today and every day. I am Cynthia C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Food Addict in Newton, Massachusetts. I am incredibly grateful to be here today um, and grateful for my recovery in this group. When I first came into OA, <laughs> age myself, it was in the late 80s. I was in my very early 20s. I had pretty much just graduated from college. I had had my first job out of college, and I was miserable. I just, life was not working out the way I thought it should. Um, and I had a lot of expectations about who I thought I should be and what my job should be like and who I was going to be. And I was miserable. And, and, I, and the only thing I knew, the only coping skill I really had at that point was going to food. And that is what I learned in my family of origin. And I had planned like if I broke up, like if I had a relationship breakup or I had something disappointing, I had like my binges planned. I had like specific binge foods and what stores I would go to to get those specific binge foods and what order I would eat those binge foods in. And I can't be the only one who had that. Um, you know, and I, and when I finally, like I really got a sign from my higher power to go to OA, like, like a neon sign um, to go to OA. When I came to OA, um, it was the first time that I felt like I belonged. It was the first time that people talked about food the same way I did, that people had the same issues that I did. And it was this enormous, enormous relief, except that nobody there in those meetings, there was no talk about alcoholic foods or, or the, the allergy of the body. Like there was no discussion of that. And I could not get abstinent. I didn't understand what abstinence was. I didn't understand what working the steps was. Nobody did it there. Um, it was sort of that like the support group, which which was something, you know, it was more than I had had. 
And in, in my aim to try to figure out how to work the 12 steps, I went to AA. And when I went to AA, within a very short period of time, I realized I was also an alcoholic. And I, I do believe, for me, it's the same disease of addiction, it's that same sugar addiction. And I really started to work the steps in AA, although even then, never, never the way I learned now. And through AA, um, eventually I found Food Addicts Anonymous. And it was the first time that I was in a program where they talked about the allergy of the body, that there are certain foods that I cannot tolerate. And I, and I, was, and I had recovery to the degree that I had it in Food Addicts Anonymous for three and a half years. And the promises were coming true in my life, and I got married. And the day after my wedding, I, I didn't think I needed you guys anymore. I didn't need this. And I dropped my abstinence, and I gained 60 pounds <clears throat> in about two months. You know, And it was 20 years, 20 years before I was willing to come back into the room. And I'm so grateful because I was so beaten. You know, I came in very young, um, and, and I, I came in very young. Um, thank you. But I'm just, I'm so grateful to be here today to have the recovery. Um, it's never too late for anybody. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia C. from Newton, Massachusetts. Lisa D. Hi, did you call Lisa? I did. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I do spell my name L-E-S-A. Um, I like the word symptom. It says we who were familiar with the symptoms. And that's what really jumped out for me when I heard the, the share this morning and all of the shares. I'm thinking about my symptoms, you know. And um, symptom means manifestation, an indicator, a sign, a feature, a trait, um, an omen. And you know, I can just see myself as a child. And I, I remember driving, my mom driving us to school in the morning, sitting in the front seat with her and my best friend Irene in the back seat. And I remember just feeling like, you know, I could not get this irritation off of me. And I didn't know what I was irritated at. I didn't know what I was frustrated at. And I looked at Irene and I looked at my mom and I thought, like they seem to understand how to do things. They seem to understand how to feel good. Why don't I feel good? Why don't I feel okay? And that's been like my constant question, you know, and that's been my symptom. And that's when food, I just realized it, it did something for me. It gave me some relief. It gave me some comfort. And, you know, the whole purpose of the 12 steps is to find a relationship and get a relationship, an intimate relationship with the highest power. You know, I don't even want to say my higher power anymore because it says in the big book, there's one power, you know, so my highest power, that's the whole purpose. And that's what I have been craving always is a relationship with my creator where I can just exhale, oh, you know, and that's what food, I attempted to get that through food. And I just keep coming back to that over and over again. You know, the 12 steps point me in that direction, but I can't worship the 12 steps. I can't worship the big book or even a meeting or a sponsor. And guess what? Sponsors do let us down and they upset us. But it's through this relationship that I get through going through the steps by putting the food down. And it's so funny because 
it's like I'm beginning to see that more and more clearly. And I feel like I'm waking up, you know, and that's what you guys have been telling me all along. And I've been doing it all along. But I keep coming back to that truth. Oh, it's that. Yes, it's that. It's not going to be this or that. It's going to be the inner connection with my higher power, you know, so those symptoms, they aren't there as much today. I mean, pretty much they're gone. But the bedevilments, you know, I have moments where they come back, but I run into the steps and I turn into my higher power, you know, to continue to deepen. As long as I'm breathing and I'm abstinent, I have a chance. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. L-E-S-A from Greenville, South Carolina. Miriam Ritka H. And then we'll take more names. Hi, it's Miriam Ritka H. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I'm from New Jersey. Um, I honestly, I don't even know like what I want to say specifically. When we read the paragraph, it just is screaming out at me. Because I'm 35, and I've been here for eight years, and I am still not abstinent, not recovered. Um, and I've been, I've been trying to do this thing, um, but I think, you know, this paragraph describes me completely. Like, I, I am not as heavy as some of our fellows here in the room. It has not totally devastated my life yet but it's bad it is bad and it's been getting worse um and it's affecting my life and my family life and my even my career you know that was one of the only bedevilments that i i I would not identify with is we couldn't make a living and lately i've been feeling like bill w where where, when he speaks about how he, he he nearly failed an exam because he can hardly think or write that's how I am, trying desperately to be abstinent without being recovered. Um, so I guess I just wanted to come on here and be honest that this is where I'm at, and this book is talking about me. Um, and I, I, I just, I just, I pray that I don't have to wait until I am in the rooms for 40 years and 50 years, and who knows how long until, until I am recovered. Um, I guess this offers guidance to someone like me. You know, I don't have to take the amounts other people have. I see as it is. I see and I hear from all of you out there. And even today, I'm hearing the same thing that people were, were where I am at now, when they were at my stage, and it only got worse. Um, So I just I I appreciate you all. um, And I welcome any any experience, strength, and hope. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Miriam Ritka H. from New Jersey. Okay, it's time for more names of people who want to share. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the third paragraph on Charles H. To be gravely affected, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. And I have Charles H., in line. Jason K. Johan M. Was that Johan M, I think? Yes. And Okay, that's it. And Devorah S. And maybe time for one more. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, there were two at once, and I didn't hear Grace either Kay. of you. Someone K? I think it was Maura D. Maura D. Okay, I'll go with that because I heard it. Okay, Charles H., Jason K., Johan M., Devora S., and Maura Z. Charles H. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, so I love that line, to be gravely affected. Can you hear me, um, moderator? Loud and clear, Charles. Where are you Thanks. from? To New York, gra- right? You already know. Um, yeah. To be gravely affected, I could come on the line and act like I'm perfect. To be gravely affected, I could come on the line, and, and since I'm on a vision for you line, it's so popular to share dun, 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 that this is the legion of superstars. You know, this is the legion of doom, and every single day I can go to be useful by sharing real. You know, I'm here because I'm not all there. And it don't matter how much I take, how much I need to lose, how much I need to gain. I have a sickness in my soul. And that's what people can identify with, right? I'm here because I'm resentful every day. I embrace my humanness. Like these four characters in this chapter, um, and I say that boldly, they didn't have a problem with being abstinent. They didn't have a problem with putting the drink down. They had a problem with staying stopped. And, and, and these examples are so powerful because they suffered from the buildup of human emotions. I love what my grand sponsor say. The most underutilized steps is two and ten. I got this. I'm here, but I don't need the fellowship. I'm here. I don't need the program. I'm here. I don't need you. I don't need to do service outside of vision for you. Let me stay here with these thousand people and tell you, I'm so recovered. Let me wear this like a badge of honor. Let me not carry the message to the still sick and suffering that don't know this phone number and don't know the book. Let me, let me, let me teach, 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 and not learn, learn, learn. I teach by learning. I teach by doing 10 steps. I teach by doing 11 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. from New York. Jason K. Good morning. Jason K., recovered compulsive eater and bulimic outside of Philadelphia here. And, um, you know, this is, this is kind of uh, Bill's attempt as a salesman to sell us on these ideas. Of, and, and, and we're clearly on step one here and more about alcoholism as he's describing these symptoms, uh, the signs and symptoms and, and character and nature of this alcoholic illness, uh, of this disease. Obviously, we struggle from uh, the food addiction or compulsive eating. Uh, and he's, he's trying to convince us and trying to get us to ask these questions to ourselves and trying to get us to identify with the question, are we a compulsive eater? And he likes to present things in multiple different ways. He says, try to get this person to stop. Some people, when you suggest, can you stop, they're surprised, shocked, amazed that they can't stop. I spent a lot of time thinking, am I a compulsive eater? Am I not a compulsive eater? Um, but he gives us certain tests. He gives us certain questions. And for me, the big part of this is to take his information, uh, bring it right into my heart and my soul and ask myself the question, am I gravely infected? by this disease. Uh, and I'm over three years abstinent now, um, recovered, 
And sometimes I also think, what does this first step mean to me now? You know, three years later, uh, am I still, do I still believe I have been gravely affected by this disease? And is it in the past tense or is it, is it in the present tense? But if you're new on this line, if you're thinking about this, chap this chapter, this paragraph, ask yourself, you know, can I actually stop if I want to? You know, he says, make this experiment. See if you can stop. He, he suggests some controlled drinking as a, a test uh, uh, also. So um, for me, it's about that identification. Uh, and he, I love how he says it in different ways. Because this word, am I powerless over food? You know, uh, he talks about conceding to our innermost self that we are, in fact, uh, compulsive eaters, alcoholics. Um, he talks about this. Uh, we're astonished at our inability to stop. Do I have the ability to stop? Um, so this is a qualification, and it's not. we're not trying to convince you of something you're not. We're trying to say, what is the truth of your experience, and does it align with this? Uh, information in this book and um, do you identify? Are you a part of this? Uh, and that's kind of, yeah. And with that, I pass up kind of what I felt moved to share. Thanks. Thank you, Jason Kay from outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and Johan M. Hi, my name is Johan M. I'm like an answer and I'm a Recovered Compulsive Eating Sweet, and thank you so much for service today, and thanks everybody today for shared. It's been just amazing listening to the meeting today. And uh, this paragraph, uh, I uh, when I came to OA, it didn't look like I needed OA. Uh, I have been, you know, obese uh, earlier in my life. But through this addiction, and my addiction with alcohol, I was put in a hospital for nine months where I lost all my excess weight. So coming out of the hospital, I got sober, and, you know, uh, that was great. I uh, got my life back, which was great. But uh, also I, had the, I still had the addiction with, with the food. And uh, getting my first step experience wasn't uh, the worst binge I ever had. But it it was uh, I came to a place emotionally when I saw that I don't want to have it like this anymore. I don't want to live this life anymore. And uh, you know I lost all my all my excess weight and and uh, uh, trying to keep my new weight uh, uh, and being in between and you know in the end becoming bulimic. It was you know driving me insane. The, the disease was just progressing in me and I was completely insane. Uh, so I, I, I came to OA for, for straight up for sanity, not for vanity, because I was completely insane. But then coming to OA, having this first step experience and uh, you know committing to the program, uh, taking a sponsor, immediately working the steps and, and getting on as much meetings as I could, I did recover, which is a, you know, a great miracle. Today I have my sanity back, or I don't know if I ever had sanity around food, so today I had sanity for the first time in my life, because I had this problem for as long as I can remember. And um, I just need to remind myself also that I need to continue to work this program uh, every day, step 10, 11, and 12, uh, one day at a time. I am recovered, but I'm not cured. 
I need this program. I'm a very sick addict and I need to do everything I can every day to stay in touch with my higher power, with God. Uh, so I can be abstinent and, you know, be with my family and, and have, continue to have this amazing life that I have since I, since I came to OA. So OA was really the last house on the block. Uh, it was the, the last place I came to, but the first place that really worked. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Johan N. from Sweden, Devora S. Hi, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Rebecca, and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And I hope I don't get dropped because my phone, I dropped my phone twice already this morning during the meeting. Um, I had a call back, so I will try. Anyway, this paragraph that says, certain drinkers who would be greatly insulted if called alcoholics are astonished at their inability to stop. And, um, you know, Looking back over the years, I, I I didn't even know why I was eating. I had no idea I was eating because I had a buildup of human emotions. I, I, you know, food was in front of me, I ate it. You know, I did not know about the allergy, the body, the obsession of the mind. I grew up, I was a fat kid my whole life. Everybody told me how to eat and when to eat and what to eat and don't eat this and have that and da 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 and all. You know, and you can do it. You have willpower. And I honestly thought that they were right. I really thought that. Yes, I want to listen to what they say. I can, I can beat this thing up. And, and the truth is, I couldn't. It followed me all the way until I came into this program, until I finally learned what the problem was. And number one, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I can't stop once I start. And once I say stop, I can't, stay, I can't start again because I, I have an allergy and obsession of the mind. And it was a relief to know that this is who I am. Um, so that's the first thing, and and you know, and to continue forward and to know, you know, this is who I am today. And would I have been selfish? Somebody called me an alcoholic or compulsive overeater. One, I I, I think it sort of would have been um, would have stopped one that would have had some kind of relief because for years I was wondering like, what is it? What is it about me? How come this person can eat like this and I can't? So I think I would have been very like somewhat relieved to find out what my problem was, that I am a compulsive overeater and, um, and, and welcomed it, you know, instead of everyone telling me how to, work, how to lead my life. You know, it's only in this program coming in here that I'm given the answer, a daily reprieve every single day. It's about getting closer to God and renewing my relationship with God, getting rid of self, ego reduction, um, of course, putting down the food, and then all the stuff that comes with it, you know, going through the steps. And, um, you know, but again, as a child growing up, I don't know if I could have been able to, to absorb all that, you know, um, going on through life. I don't know. You know, everything had its time. And God gave me this in the time that it was supposed to be given. And I'm so grateful. And I can't shut the door on the past, you know, and, you know, and make believe it. If, only if coulda, woulda, shoulda, but live for today. Every day I have this opportunity to grow and get closer and to seek God's will, and that's what I'm here for. And I'm so grateful to have another opportunity today to seek his will, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devora S. from New Jersey. 
More is E. There's plenty of time. Miss Rebecca, thank you very much. More is E. Recovering in Virginia. And and can you hear me? I'm assuming, no, don't ask that question. She can. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, Maura. Thank you. I'm sorry. To be gravely affected, one does not necessarily have to drink a long time nor take the quantities some of us have. Some of us. Um, so one of the little lies I used to tell myself, and in fact, well, not so much a lie, but a um, a defense was, you know, and I said it the other day, and that is that I've never been really a big binger. That, um, you know, my binge consisted of three pieces of uh, three chicken wings and I'm done. Well, okay, fine. So I'm not a big binger. But I could graze like anybody's business. And that's what I did. So it was semantics. It was just another little defense mechanism to say, I'm not like you. And all it was was BS. I am like you. We just wear different clothing. That's all. It's the same freaking disease. I have friends who are bulimic. I have friends who are anorexic. I'm grateful they're still friends because they're in this program and they're living. And they're working the program and they're working the steps. I'm grateful for all of the differences we have here. Because if we were all the same, good Lord, how boring would that be? And if we were all the same, then for me, what I would wind up doing would be commiserating and not commencing to live my life. I'm living my life again. I have a little over a week. What a freaking God-blessed miracle that is. And I haven't thought about it being difficult. That's gift. That's miracle. And I'm back in the book. And I'm back on the line. And I'm taking phone calls. I answered the phone twice yesterday from numbers I didn't recognize. I answered the phone twice on my personal line. On my personal line. If it's a business line, I always answer. On my personal line, I answered it twice. And guess what? It was two people in program I'd never, I'd never chatted with before. I, I don't know that I've ever heard them on the line because I haven't been on the line for very many months now. And it's just like, okay. I'm among the living again. I am choosing to live. I'm choosing to live. Because the rest of my life is so crazy and I've got so many things that I'm juggling at once with building a business that I knew that part of the reason was, part of the reason I couldn't focus, part of the reason I couldn't do what I was supposed to be doing was because my butt was in the food. I think I heard Miss Rebecca telling me that was my time. And so with that, I'll pass. And thanks for letting me share. And thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Thank you, Morrissey. Oh, it's exactly five minutes before the hour, so the timing is impeccable here. Um, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Friday, January 29th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 16293. That's 16,293.
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Matt J.F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hi, Rebecca. I sure will. This is Matt J.F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Louisville, Kentucky. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.